Okay. Welcome to part three of. Well, it's chapter four. Chapter four of. Yeah. A chapter four of the third book of the Great Griffin series, The Fall of the Templar. I'm Bayani Spradling, and here's your host and all the voice actors, Daddy. Hi. <laughs> chapter four. Bullies come in all shapes and sizes. Once upon a time, Avalon, Minnesota had been a picturesque backdrop set, miles away from the bussing metropolis of the Twin Cities. Avalon's quiet streets were dotted with lemonade stands on warm days, and parents didn't think twice about letting their children play outside long after the sun went down. The coming of spring usually meant that the land would soon be bursting with corn shoots and the familiar sounds of baseball would be ringing through neighborhood parks. Unfortunately, all that had changed the night Max Sumner found the Codex Spiritus in his grandmother's attic. Now winter seemed to last for an eternity, and things could go disastrously wrong in an instant, like the sudden appearance of an inferno imp. Once again, Max had been saved by Logan's quick thinking, but he had a bad feeling that his luck was about to run out. Nestled in a valley surrounded by snow-covered hills, King's Elementary School stood proudly despite the winter gloom, with bright flags snapping in the frosty breeze. The rough-hewn walls of the school gave the impression that King's was an unassailable fortress with towering ramparts and steep spires that shot into the sky. As she stepped off the bus and onto the school grounds Monday morning, Natalia sighed in relief. If she'd had to endure one more day of her sister's snooping or her mom's scrapbooking, Natalia felt sure she would have exploded, just like the inferno imp that Max had only narrowly escaped the day before. So when Max had asked her to start researching tundra trolls and inferno imps, she was more than happy to lock herself in her room, set aside her Sherlock Holmes, and do some real-life detective work. Unfortunately, there wasn't much available, except for what she could find in the Round Table Creature Compendium, and all that did was verify everything Logan had told Max about the monsters. She'd made a note to have Max look him up in his Codex Spiritus, though she had half a mind to lecture him about hunting after monsters in the first place, especially at the old Thistlehaven house. He was lucky to be alive. Before reaching the front doors of the school, Natalia's smile faded and she groaned. Blocking her path were Carmela, Veronica, and Amy, three of the most vicious girls in school. Natalia simply referred to them as the triplets. Though they weren't officially related, Natalia suspected they all shared a cantankerous wolverine somewhere in their family trees. She hurried by, hoping to avoid notice. It didn't work. Look who's here! It's Detective Dork! mocked Amy, the pixie-thin blonde in pink earmuffs. Carmela and Veronica cackled like a couple of evil mice while Natalia's face flushed. Natalia simply kept her head down, pretending not to hear as she tromped past the triplets. She managed to get about ten steps farther when the snowball hit her in the head, sloping down the back of her shirt. With a sigh, Natalia slowly turned around and glared. Standing with their smug smiles, the triplets waved innocently. Natalia had played this game before. I don't suppose any of you saw who threw that snowball at me, she inquired, hoping they'd deny it and then move on with their next victim. The tactic had worked in the past. Ah, oh, that would be me, Amy replied, raising her hand while her eyes twinkled maliciously. That snake played the role of a teacher's pet perfectly, 
But in reality, Natalia knew that Amy was the sneakiest, most conniving snot in the fifth grade. Worse, there was something that seemed to turn everyone around her into diabolical mimics. Then please stop it, Natalia said, batting her eyelashes before she turned around. Ignoring bullies always seemed to be the best policy. Eventually, they would tire of you and move on to a juicier target, like Gurney. Unfortunately, Natalia didn't get far before another snowball hit her in exactly the same spot. Natalia stopped and drew another long breath as the snow leaked down her back. Can't you find anyone else to torture? she asked, shaking the snow from her braids. Sure, Amy replied. But we made a rule today. We're only going to pick on the biggest nerd in school. Guess who that is? Your brother? Natalia answered. Amy frowned. You've got a big mouth. Compared with what, your brain? Natalia retorted. How'd you like a fat lip? Carmela threatened as he stepped forward. The biggest member of the triplets, rumor had it that Carmela had beaten up a seventh grade boy and made him cry just for the fun of it. I'm sorry, Natalia said with a curtsy. I'm afraid my dance car's already full. Perhaps another time? With that, she quickly stepped into a parade of students that were walking by and disappeared into the halls of King's Elementary School. Max, Natalia, and Harley had been unexpectedly excused from class. One minute, Harley had been reading aloud from his book. The next, the classroom door had swung open, revealing a very somber Mrs. Spicer, the school's nurse. She bustled across the room in pristine orthopedic shoes before whispering something into the ear of their teacher, Mrs. Bone. The next moment, Mrs. Spicer motioned for the Griffins to follow her into the hall. Max was even more curious than alarmed. That was until Ernie was brought up. Uh, I'm so sorry, she began, pausing long enough that the Griffins had an eternity to envision every terrifying possibility. Natalia's eyes watered and Harley's fists clenched. Is he? Natalia began, unable to finish her sentence. The nurse shook her head. Oh, he's all right, at least for now. She replied slowly, placing a plump hand on Natalia's shoulder. But he's taking a terrible turn for the worse. That sweet child almost didn't make it through the night. Max felt numb and couldn't think clearly. You're sure he's all right now? Natalia pressed. Miss Spezer nodded. Each of your families has excused you from the rest of your classes today. I believe there's a car waiting to take you to see Ernie right now. With that, she turned and walked away, her shoes squeaking as her thick nest of curly hair bounced up and down. The Griffins turned the corner to go to their lockers, but the hallway was already occupied. It was Dennis Stonebrow, the school bully, who was so enormous he towered over the tallest teacher in school. Dennis was leaning up against one of the lockers with a satisfied smirk on his face. It was obviously he'd stuffed someone inside again, and now he or she was crying, screaming and pounding to get out. It was a game that Dennis enjoyed immensely. Already frustrated by the news about Ernie, Max wasn't in the mood, but he couldn't let Dennis get away with it either. Why don't you just let him go? Then you can get back to whatever trolls do when they cut class. Dennis sneered. I don't know what you're talking about. 
It's me, Peter, a weak voice squeaked from inside the locker. Peter Carlson was a shy farm kid who was known, embarrassingly, as Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater. He really didn't eat pumpkins, but that didn't seem to matter. Max told you let him go, Stonebrow, Harley warned. Dennis smirked, not bothering to budge. Well, if you're so tough, Einstein, why don't you come over here and let him out yourself? Don't you dare, Natalia warned Harley, grabbing him as he stepped forward. I don't care how upset you are. Fighting Dennis isn't going to solve anything. You'd better listen to your girlfriend, Dennis laughed. Otherwise, you're going to end up in the hospital with that nerd Tweety. Harley shook off Natalia's grasp and strode right up to Dennis. You get one shot. You better pray I don't get up, Harley growled. You got yourself a death wish. Dennis threatened, moving away from the locker and looking down at Harley as Peter snuck out and fled down the hall. And then the bell rang. Soon the hallway was flooded with chattering students. It didn't take long for a crowd to form around Dennis and Harley. They were the toughest kids in school. The air buzzed as they squared off. Fight! Someone shouted, and soon dozens of students were chanting along. Fight! 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 And that's when Max saw a dark storm burst through the crowd. Enough! It was Dr. Diamante Blackstone, vice principal, band instructor, and, regrettably, chief disciplinarian of King's Elementary School. Everyone was scared of Blackstone. Students, teachers, Principal Ham, even Dennis. What is the meaning of this? Blackstone seethed, glaring at each boy in turn. With his thick quaff of black hair and a sharp nose, he looked a bit like a raven. Yet Dr. Blackstone was a man who appeared to take great pride in eccentricity. The clamor died down as his authoritative eyes roved across the throng, evoking silence wherever they landed. Well, the vice principal's foot tapped and pert impatiently. Dennis glared back at the man, stone silent. Harley just looked away. Figuring someone had to defend her friend's reputation, Natalia tried to explain. Dennis stuffed Peter in the... I was not talking to you, was I, Miss Romanoff? Blackstone snapped at her, cutting her off with an icy stare that could have shriveled the forest of leaves. Like the rest of the Griffins, Natalia despised the vice principal. Blackstone had once worked for the Black Witch, and he nearly killed Ivor. Why he hadn't been locked up was a mystery. Yet despite the overwhelming evidence against him, the Templar had chosen to let him go. Your father is the town preacher, is he not, Mr. Stonebrow? Blackstone began. Neither boy was talking, which suited Blackstone just fine. Dennis said nothing. No doubt he's proud of his charming son, but I wonder if he knows you like I do. Dennis's eyes widened and his jaw clenched. Oh, yes, Mr. Stonebrow. I've been keeping a close eye on you. I know exactly where you go and what you do when you think no one is looking. It would be a shame if, well, if your little secret were to get out. The local paper would simply have a field day with the story, I'm sure. Then, disgraced, your father would yet again have to search for another town that didn't know his son the way we do. Dennis remained silent, but his face had grown dreadfully pale. Blackstone had struck a nerve. And you, Mr. Einstein, Blackstone said, turning to the griffin, his voice dripping with sarcasm. 
such a hero. Oh, yes. But you have your secrets as well, don't you? What are you talking about? Harley asked, folding his arms indignantly. Harley was about as honest as they came. Sure, he was a little rough around the edges, and he suffered from a series of calamitous stepfathers, but he didn't keep secrets. That, Dr. Blackstone, will be enough, a voice called out. It came from a rather tall man dressed in extravagant finery. Despite an ornate cane that offset his limp, the man moved with elegant grace. He had dark hair set with streaks of silver about the temples that matched a distinguished goatee. There was no doubt it was Dr. Kane Lundgren, Max's next-door neighbor. When Blackstone's eyes met Lundgren's, the vice principal, principal took a step back and then looked around ages, anxiously, as if he might be set upon by a swarm of secret agents. For the first time in their memory, the Griffins watched Diamante's dark eyes cloud with uncertainty. L Lundgren, this is a surprise. So it would appear. Kane replied, motioning with a gloved hand toward his daughter, who was now standing next to him. I will need to excuse Brooke from further classes today. A family situation has arisen that cannot be avoided. Max could see Brooke standing behind her father. The Sumner and Lundgren families had once been close, and he'd spent quite a bit of his childhood with Brooke, exploring the old woods, not to mention her father's labyrinth mansion. All that had come to an abrupt end a few years ago when their fathers fell into a frightful argument. Their families were hastily separated and hadn't spoken since. Given their geographic proximity, that made life a little difficult. Max and Brooke still talked, of course, at least in school, but it wasn't like it used to be. Blackstone's eyes squirmed as he seemed to consider Kane Lundgren's request. There's nothing more? That's all. Kane Lundgren replied, absently brushing lint from his sleeve. His green eyes lifted and then fell upon Max, lingering for an uncomfortable minute. Max shivered and took an unintentional step back. Well then, Blackstone began, his voice unwavering, unraveling. Max wished he knew what was making the vice principal squirm so much. She's certainly free to go under your care. I assume you have a note of excuse? Of course. Dr. Lundgren said, handing the vice principal a piece of paper that he'd withdrawn from the breast pocket of his coat. Now as to the boys... I'm sorry? Blackstone feigned a puzzled look. The boys... Dr. Lundgren repeated as he motioned toward Harley and Dennis. I doubt there'll be any more infractions today. Best to let them be on their way, wouldn't you agree? Silence. Slowly... Diamante Blackstone waved the children back to class, and with a forced smile, he quickly disappeared down the hall. Chapter 5. Grandma's Garden Paradise. Don't stop, don't stop. That's it. Please we got, don't stop. No, we got a late start. Just a little more. Baby, we got a late start because of your brother's uh, thing. thing. What was it? A radio it program. Doesn't matter. It does. Now, I love you. And we need to eat, have your snack. All right. So if you want to, say goodbye. Bye.